Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about Peter today, y'all. Let's go to St. John chapter 18. We're going to be reading, or I'm going to be reading in your hearing, verses 15 through 18, and then we'll jump down to verse 25. You can stand when you have it, or if you don't have it, you can stand and look at the screen. I'm going to read out of the NIV version today. And the Bible reads this way. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus because this disciple was known to the high priest when he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple who was known to the high priest came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. This girl says in verse 17, you aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. But Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. We're going to go down to verse 25. But this is a scene, and this is a scenario where Peter is denying Christ. Jesus has been taken away into the high priest's house, and Peter is being questioned about his allegiance to Jesus. In verse 25, it says, Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself. So they asked him, You aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. A rooster began to crow. Remain standing, going to pray. But today's subject, you may not understand it um, at the beginning of the sermon, but prayerfully by the end of the sermon, you'll understand this subject and the subject is this when the rooster crows when the rooster crows let us bow our heads father we thank you today we give you glory we give you honor we worship you for you are good you are magnificent and you are holy bless your word today god and give us exactly what we need I pray, God, you'll do a work on the inside and help us and make us whole. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. When the rooster crows. How many people in here grew up on a farm? Oh, all right, all right, we got one. Um, And um, I didn't think I was going to get many hands, but I didn't grow up on a farm either and my dad will probably has a lot of stories about how because he's Jamaican he grew up in Jamaica and how he uh, had to raise different animals around his house and he probably has some good stories about roosters and I want to talk about when the rooster crows today because I believe uh, Peter will give some insight into things that we're going through and things that we're dealing with because Peter is probably my favorite disciple. No other disciple is highlighted as much as Peter is in the Gospels. Peter gets the most shine time. His name is talked about the most. You see him speaking up the most. Peter was a fisherman and he was fishing by the seashore and one day he encountered a man named Jesus and this man named Jesus changed his life forever 
He was able to do a great miracle and provide so many fish for Peter and his partners that Peter looked at this man and said, I've got to follow him. Jesus did not preach a sermon. Jesus did not open up the law and the tablets and begin to read from the Old Testament. Jesus did not put up lights. He did not put up a lamp. He did not gather a crowd. Jesus, all he did was work a simple miracle. All that was there that day was a simple encounter. And if you look at that encounter between Peter and Jesus that made Peter drop his nets and drop the, the productivity and drop all of the fish that he had gotten. The thing that made him follow this man named Jesus was one encounter. And that's probably your story. That all you need in order for your life to be completely turned around by God is one encounter. That's why we push people to come to church so much. Because all you need is one encounter that will change your mind and your thoughts and your heart forever. That's the type of God that he is. He does not need 20 years. He does not need 50 years. But there's something about engaging and encountering God that will change your life forever. Is there anybody in the auditorium today that has ever had an experience with God? Peter had this great experience and he left his nets, he left the fish, and he began to walk with Jesus. Now, Peter is, shows up in different instances, instances, and Peter is very, very loyal to Jesus. Wherever you see Jesus, you see Peter. Peter even had some um, close-up and classified encounters with Jesus. Remember when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration? It was Peter, James, and John. The rest of the 12 were not there. But Peter got this glimpse of Jesus that the others did not get. And remember, as Jesus was transfigured before them, and the glory of God was around Jesus, uh, Peter saw images of Moses and, and Elijah, and Peter wanted to set up tabernacles to really ground that moment, to solidify that moment. Because Peter was in such awe of the glory of God. Peter had these great encounters. Remember, Peter was the guy that stepped out of the boat and began to walk on water to Jesus. None of the other disciples were able to have such a great encounter. Peter was the one that when they were on the coast of Caesarea Philippi, Jesus turned around to his disciples and said, Who do men say that I am? And the disciples said, some, of, some men say that you are a prophet, that you're like Jeremiah or Elijah. And Peter says, no, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, because Peter had a special bond with Jesus. You see, Peter was loyal. Anybody that's on my team that's willing to cut off somebody's ear from me. I consider you loyal. Yeah, buddy. Peter pulls out his sword in the garden. And because Peter is not a swordsman, because he's not skillful with a sword, he may be skillful with a net. He's not skillful with a sword. He goes for his head, but only gets his ear. Because Peter is loyal. And you may have some friends that are loyal. You may have some friends that are disloyal. You may have some people that really, really are connected, and no matter what, they're ride or die. Those are great people. You know, I've got this friend that, that he's a good friend of mine, and it's funny because I'm the type of person that when I fall in love with a sports team, I love them forever. I, I, I love them forever, Sue. I'm a 49ers fan because when I was a kid, the 49ers were on TV, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, and I loved them. And through all the ups and downs, I still love them. You'll never catch me loving the Giants. But I know this friend. I know this friend. He, 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 he 
He's been like a Detroit Lions fan for so long, Osby. For, for so long. He grew up in that area and he loves the Lions. But recently, Michelle, he moved to Charlotte. And, and for some reason, this friend wants to be a Panthers fan now. And I said, I said, no, 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 no. That, that's not how it goes. Just because you moved to a new city, I've never lived a day in my life in San Francisco, but I love the 49ers. Maybe he was tired of all of the losing of the Lions because they've never won a Super Bowl. And I feel it for him. But on the other hand, what he's saying is that I can't be loyal to the Lions. And, and, and this friend, he's great with money. He, he has a great um, house and family. And, you know, he's real cool. But he's just not loyal to his sports team. And I don't know how to feel about that, Sue. That just breaks all types of rules. And maybe you know who I'm talking about. Maybe you don't. But see me after service. He's in the room and I'll tell you who he is. <laughs> just in case you need to watch out a little bit. Because this friend is not loyal to his football team. But Peter was loyal. Peter was loyal. Peter is the only disciple that Jesus gave a different name to. The only one of the 12 that Jesus gave a different name to. Peter's born name is Simon Bar-Jonah. Simon, son of Jonah. But Jesus comes up to Peter and says, you will no longer be called Simon. I want to call you Peter. Because there is a part of Peter that is unstable. You see, when Jesus meets Peter, he is not really Peter because Peter means Petros or means rock. When Jesus comes and meets Peter, he's really wrapped up in Simon. And his Simon side is unstable. His Simon side is up and down. That's why he's able to drop his nets and follow Jesus so quickly because this Simon is unstable. And I want to talk a little bit about the Simon side of you. That, that there is a Simon side of you. That with Peter, he was dealing with both his Simon and both his Peter. And at dif different instances in his life, we see Simon and we also see Peter. Because, because when, when Peter is on the boat and there is a storm that rises up, and he sees this figure walking to them, the disciples on the water, they think it's a ghost. But Peter is in tune enough to say, that looks a little bit like Jesus. And he says, if it's you, Lord, ask me to come out on the water. And Jesus says, come. And Peter steps out of the boat. Peter steps out of the boat. You see, Simon wants to stay on the boat. But Peter says, I'm going to step out of the boat. You know, because Peter is wrestling within himself and the Simon part of him says you can't go. But the Peter part of him says you got to step out. And Peter begins to walk on water. But there's still enough Simon there that causes Peter to lose his faith, lose his strength, lose his belief in Jesus and Simon begins to sink. Have you, have you ever been in a place in your life where it's like you're wrestling with two sides of you? And your Peter side has enough faith to trust God, but it's like your Simon side doesn't have enough faith. And before you know it, if you listen to Simon long enough, You'll find yourself drowning, reaching up to God saying, Lord, save me. 
and I believe in this nestled within this particular follower of Jesus is a duality, is, is not necessary. he's not bipolar, but he vacillates. Because you see this bodacious and this brash Peter that is always willing to speak up and speak out. But you also see the Simon side of him that falls victim in certain scenarios. Because Peter stands up and says, Lord, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But a few moments later, when Jesus says, I'm going to have to die, I'm going to have to go to the cross. Simon says, no, Lord, don't do it. And Simon doesn't have the insight to allow Jesus to fulfill his purpose. And Jesus turns around and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Because Peter's Simon side falls victim. And I, and I want you to see the ups and the downs of Peter's life that causes him to be unstable. And I want to tell you that instability is not necessarily a sin, but instability can be as demoralizing as a sin. Instability can be as detrimental as a sin. And the Bible says that a man or a person without wall, without uh, self-control is like a city without walls. And how many people in here are dealing and wrestling with instability? It feels like your finances are unstable. It feels like um, your health is unstable. It feels like your relationships are unstable. It feels like um, your job and, and the things going on there are unstable. It just seems like you're always going up, but you're also coming down. And you're vacillating, and you're going back, and you're going forth. And I want to talk to you for a moment about your instability. Because when you are unstable... God doesn't know what to do with you. Hallelujah. When you're up one day and down the next, God doesn't know how to handle you. In the book of Revelation, when John is writing, God says to, I believe, the Laodicean church, he says, I wish that you were hot or I wish that you were cold, but because you are lukewarm, because you ride the fence, because you are ambivalent, because you have not chosen a side, I will spit you out of my mouth. God does not like the taste of lukewarm food. Huh. Any foodies in here? Yeah, you'll, you'll send it back if the food is not hot. God knows what to do with you if you're cold. He knows what to do with you if you're hot. But why is it that you are so unstable? Why is it that you love God today and you're talking about him tomorrow? Why is it that you can't find your stride in life? It's because you have not gotten rid of your Simon. Because we all have a little bit of Simon. We, we all have a little bit of Simon that just entices us to the place where, be, where we become unstable. And, and, and Peter is unstable as long as Simon is around. And that's why this generation has problems with being committed. Oh, yeah. The, the, the divorce rate is at its highest. Not only out there, outside of the Christian world, but within the church, the divorce rate has never been higher. Is it because we're any different than any other generation? Or is it because we lack commitment and stability? Yeah. And the first sign of trouble, we are no longer committed because we feel like we have an out. 
because we feel like there's a hidden clause there that we can escape some of the trouble that we're in. And instead of fighting through it, we leave it and we retreat because we are unstable and we are not committed. That's why you change jobs every three months. Oh, that's why you're always trying to pick up a new career. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. On Monday, you feel like a writer. On Tuesday, you feel like a singer. On Wednesday, you feel like a doctor. It's because you are unstable and you are not committed. Because it won't be easy, but please stay committed. That's a word for somebody in here today that you may be going through trouble, but stay committed. You may be going through heartache and pain, but stay committed. People are married for 50 years, and it's not because everything was right. It's not even because they didn't go through trouble. It's because they were willing to stay committed. And I believe somebody in here today just needs to hunker down and say, I'm going to stick with this thing right here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and Peter, he, if I go into the text, he is outside of the high priest's house. The high priest is Caiaphas. And Jesus has just been taken away as a captive in the garden. And Jesus is on the inside of the house, and Peter and John are in the courtyard. And the whole discipleship, everything that Jesus has built, is now in a crisis. And what do you do and how do you handle a crisis is the quintessential question. What do you do? How do you react? How do you make it through your crises? When you go into a time that is not what you expected it to be, do you retreat? Do you give up? Or do you keep on pushing? But Peter finds himself in a crisis. And because Peter has not gotten rid of all of his Simon, when somebody asks this Peter in a time of crisis, are you a follower of Jesus? Peter shrinks in the moment and he denies Christ. This is the same Peter, y'all, a few hours earlier when they were around the Passover table. Jesus said to him, you're going to deny me. Right. And Peter says, I will never deny you, Lord. Have you ever said that? Yeah, yeah. I I'll never sin again, Lord. I'll never do that again, Lord. And Jesus says, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Yeah. And Peter says, I'll die for you, Lord. I I'll, I'll do anything for you. And when Peter is thrusted into that moment, everything changes. Have you ever had a plan? And then when you get into the heat of the battle, it's like, where did that plan go? Right. Uh, you, you, you have a plan. But then as things switch a little bit, you're like, I, I, I don't have a plan anymore. And Peter had a plan. But when he found himself being critically asked if he knew Jesus, he could not answer yes. And God is looking for a certain follower in this season. He's looking for a follower that will stand for him no matter what you're going through. He's looking for this type of follower that in a crisis will not forget him. In a crisis will not deny him. In a crisis will not go back to where you came from. Somebody in here 
has got to understand that the devil wants to bring struggle and trouble in your life because he's banking on the fact that the trouble is enough to push you away from God and to sever the decision that you have made to serve him and follow him. And some of us have gone through struggle. Some of us have gone through pain. Some of us have lost a job. Some of us have gone through a divorce. Some of us have gone through all of these problems. And it's like, what do you do in a crisis? What do you do now? How do you make it through? How do you keep on going? And Peter shrinks and gets small in this crisis. Now, I want to let you know that it is in this moment that we, for the first time, we really see Peter being fearful. He is afraid, y'all. He is afraid. What does Peter do now that Jesus is gone? How does he keep on going? Because Jesus is now, he's now in handcuffs. He is now bound. And Jesus is not doing anything about it. Where does Peter go from here? Peter is afraid. And it's amazing that fear, when it comes on you strongly, it changes everything. Oh, it's quiet today. It, it, it changes everything everything that when you've got confidence you're a different person but when you're afraid it changes everything and the presence of Jesus was Peter's safety net and now that Jesus is gone Peter is exposed to his internal fear and this moment is exposing and uncovering hidden fear that Peter has always dealt with. And Peter is not afraid of having to go back and catch fish. Peter is not afraid of having to go back to his hometown in Galilee. Peter is afraid of the unknown. And one of the greatest fears you have, you ain't got to tell me, is fear of the unknown. Fear of, I'm not sure about what happens next. And so you are hesitant. You are immobile. You are rendered paralyzed. And you sit in the same position for one year, two years, three years. You sit in the same job for five years, 10 years, because you're afraid of the unknown. And one of the greatest fears that humans have is the unknown. What do we do next? I don't know. And the fear of not knowing causes you to stop in the middle and, and discontinue your pursuit of your purpose. And if the devil can plague you with enough fear in the moment, just because you don't know what happens next, does not give you the right to stop walking forward. Because Jesus is the type of God that sometimes he won't tell you what happens next. But it doesn't mean that because he doesn't tell you what comes next, it gives you the right to stop walking with him. Stop holding his hand. Stop trusting him. Stop believing on him. Stop knowing that he has got it covered. But Jesus wants you to understand today. God wants you to hear this word that is saying in the midst of your fear, you have got to keep on going forward. Because my Bible tells me that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us power, love, and a sound mind. And the devil wants to plague you with fearing what you cannot figure out. And because you can't figure it out, you are rendered fearful and it causes you to retreat. 
And Peter is in the moment. He's in the epicenter of his life. And instead of having faith, he walked with Jesus for three and a half years. He heard every parable and every story. He saw all of the miracles. You have enough of a resume from God to not stop trusting him right here. Oh, I wish I had some help today. That you have seen God do enough in your life. You have seen God do enough in your neighbor's life to not give up right here. You can't afford to throw in the towel because God has been too good to you. Shama. God has been too faithful. Mm -hmm. You have seen him open up doors. You have seen him heal your body you have seen him provide food on your table and yeah it's not perfect but it's not enough for you to get fearful right here and stop moving forward paul says it like this forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forward to the things that are ahead i press does anybody want to press in here today? I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The devil is trying to cause you to be so disabled and paralyzed and stagnant. Have you ever realized that if water sits too long, it becomes stagnant? And after a while, something that was pure and odorless begins to have an odor yeah when water sits it starts to smell because when it's sitting it's not moving and when it's not moving it catches diseases and contaminants and perhaps you're stuck and it's the fear that's causing you to go through the struggle you're going through. But if you can take a step forward, then, then maybe things will get a little bit better. And Peter is there, and John is there, and Jesus is in the house, and he's looking. And Peter's in the courtyard. A little girl comes up to him and says, you look like one of Jesus' disciples. That's my best southern accent. You, you look like, it wasn't too good. You look like one of Jesus' disciples. And Peter, he has enough strength to fight off a soldier or a, a, um, one of the Pharisees in the garden and take out a sword and cut off one of their ears. He has enough strength for that. But a little girl? You're intimidated by a little girl? It's like when my son tries to intimidate me. I'm like, boy, you better get some muscles first. <clears throat> it's a little girl. And Peter is so intimidated, not by the girl, but he's intimidated with the unknown. That what happens if I do say I'm a disciple? What happens if you do say I'm a believer in Christ? What happens if you do say I'm going to follow my purpose? What happens if you finally say I'm going to apply for the job? What happens if you finally say I'm going to apply for the house? What happens if you finally say I'm going to go back to school? Uh huh. What, what happens if you finally say you're going to do it? He is intimidated with with acknowledging yes, yes. what he believes to be true. And have you ever been in a place where you can't really align yourself with the truth? Because aligning yourself with the truth could bring some extreme consequences, potentially. And if you ever say that, yeah, I love to write, but all your girls in your clique, they don't like writing. You're afraid that you're going to lose them as friends because you'll no longer have something in common. Or, or you're afraid to speak up about what you like and be your own person. It's, it's a funny place that Peter's in. 
And a little girl causes him to deny Christ. Then they're sitting around this campfire. And one of the men asks Peter, nah, nah, bruh, you look like him. You look like one of them disciples. Because we saw Jesus walking around all these regions, and you were always there. You look like him. And Peter says, it's not me. It wasn't me. I won't say the lyrics, but it wasn't me. Oh, 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 y'all got to throw some oil on me today. Uh, and, and I got to get saved today. It, it wasn't me. Peter is sitting there saying, it, it wasn't me. And, and so, and, and a third man says, hey, I'm a relative of Malchus. You know the guy's ear that you just cut off? I'm his relative. So you can't fool me. I know that was you in that garden. You can't mistake the guy that just tried to decapitate your family. You can, you, you're not going to be like, I wonder if it was him. No, you, you know it was him. And Peter has the nerve to stand up and say, it wasn't me. And Peter is afraid. Now, I want to say here that if you read the other Gospels, you will see that Peter, not only does he say it wasn't me, but he begins to be irate. He becomes irate. He, he begins to curse and to swear. I mean, Simon comes out. Oh, the Simon that wasn't around the Passover table. The Simon that wasn't present when Jesus was washing Peter's feet. All of a sudden, the Simon comes out. Have you ever been in a situation? Maybe you've been at the grocery store. You just came from church, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, your Simon wants to come out because they shortchanged you. They overcharged you. Yeah, the finance guy starts to laugh. Yeah, they, 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 they overcharged you. And all of a sudden... The Simon comes out, that nasty side of you that you thought was covered under the blood. Yeah, that nasty side of you that picks up the phone and starts to chew your family out. It's because you haven't gotten rid of Simon. And Jesus knew you hadn't gotten rid of Simon. That's why he predicted you would, you would deny him. Yeah, because Jesus does not only know about your good side, but he can predict your bad side too. He can predict when you're about to fall victim to your Simon. And that's the great thing about the grace of God is that you don't serve a God that does not have foreknowledge of your failures. Oh, he has foreknowledge of your failures. Yeah, that sin you don't know is about to happen next week. He knows it's coming. But the great thing about his grace is that his grace does not only save your past, but his grace saves your future too. Oh, y'all ain't with me today. His grace has covered not only what you have done, but his grace covers what you're about to do too. He did not die just for what you did but he died for what you're about to do and he looks at your sin he knows that you're not perfect he knows that you don't have it all together and while you were yet a sinner Christ died for you and then Peter gets to this moment where the rooster crows and when the rooster crows if you read the other gospel accounts, you'll notice that Peter realizes that he has denied Jesus. And even one of the gospel writers says that Peter looks into the window at Jesus and Jesus turns and looks at him. What kind of look was that? You know, anybody that has kids, if you raise them right, a look will do it all. Oh, come on, black people. <laughs> come, I'm wild today. Come on, black people. <laughs> come on. A look will do it all. A look will do it all. You ain't got to say nothing. You just look at them. And, and sometimes I feel like I got to work on my look. 
Because I'll look at Caleb and he'll look right back at me. I say, well, hold up, boy. <laughs> we need to work on this look because you ain't get it yet. You ain't understand yet. Peter looks at Jesus. Jesus looks at Peter. There is a look. There is a look. Peter realizes what he has done. And Peter hears that the rooster has crowed. And I want to show you today that there's something special about the rooster crowing. Because the crowing of the rooster is an event within the timing and the sequence of Jesus. That you serve a God that understands timing and sequence. That Jesus knows that a series of events are propelling him and pushing him towards the cross. And this needs to happen in order for that to work. And that needs to happen in order for this to work. Uh, uh, I need to be in the Passover room with my disciples. And I need to say that one of them will betray me so that Judas will leave. Because if I don't say that one of them will betray me, maybe Judas won't leave at that moment. But I need Judas to go and get the, the brigade. I need Judas to go and get the Pharisees. Because I know once Judas leaves and I do this communion, after that, I'm going into the garden. And because Judas is my disciple, he knows exactly where I'm going. He knows that I'm going to pray. So Judas knows where to meet Jesus and Jesus knows that if he's in the garden at the right time the Pharisees will find him there and Jesus knows that he has to be taken captive in the garden not taken captive in the street because Jesus wants to be taken captive undercover my God and Jesus he is working according to the full counsel of God and there is this timing there is this sequence and Jesus knows that Caiaphas has to take him and put him in his house so that they can question him and ostracize him and berate him and talk about everything that he has done wrong so that Jesus will be in the house at the same time that Peter is outside of the house because, oh, y'all ain't with me. Jesus knows timing. So he sets it up that while he's in the house, Peter is outside of the house. And while Peter's outside of the house, there will be troops there that will question Peter. So that when Peter denies him and hears the crowing of the rooster, my God, you see, Jesus even knows what time the rooster is going to crow. My God. Because the crowing of the rooster is a sign. It is a sign. It is a sign that Peter has done something wrong. And Jesus is setting up all of these timings, all of this sequence in order for the moment to come into full picture. Because Jesus is going through all of this so that this moment would be the turning point in Peter's life. And I researched, oh say I researched, why does a rooster know when to crow? Have you ever wondered that? Probably not. Why does a rooster know when to crow? Is it the light that peaks over the horizon that causes the rooster to cock-a-doodle-doo? And I realized through my research that the rooster has an instinct, an internal clock. <laughs> they have done studies on the rooster. They have put roosters in an environment, a controlled environment, and made that a night environment. Controlled it, it's dark. 12 hours later, the rooster begins to crow. Because the rooster has an internal clock and he knows how to count the hours. When the rooster is sleeping, the rooster is counting. The rooster's clock is going tick, 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 tock. Tick, 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 tock. Can you hear the clock ticking? Tick, 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 tock. To Peter, tick, 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 tock. In Jesus' head, tick, 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 tock. Jesus knows, tick, 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 tock. 
right when the rooster is going to alarm. Tick, 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 tock. Jesus knows, tick, 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 tock, how many hours it is. Tick, 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 tock to when he's going to be on the cross. Tick, 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 tock. Because if Jesus messes up the sequence, tick, 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 tock, he messes up the prophecy. Tick, 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 tock. The prophecy that says, tick, 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 tock, he'll be in the grave for three days. Tick, 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 tock. So if Jesus gets in the grave, tick, 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 tock, too early, tick, 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 tock. He messes up the, f the culminating, tick, 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 tock. Experience, tick, 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 tock, that will ratify him and signify, tick, 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 tock, that he is the Messiah, tick, 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 tock. If he never gets up on the third day, tick, 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 tock. If he gets up on the fourth day like Lazarus, tick, 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 tock. Then he nullifies himself, tick, 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 tock, as the Messiah, tick, 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 tock. So Jesus has a rhythm, tick, 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 tock, that is in sync with the clock, tick, tick, tock, the eternal clock of the universe, tick, 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 tock, that is in sequence, tick, 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 tock, with the rooster, tick, 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 tock. So he knows, tick, 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 tock, when the rooster, tick, 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 tock, should go, tick, 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 cock-a-doodle-doo, tick, 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 tock, and Jesus, tick, 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 tock, sets up the alarm, tick, 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 tock, not to be so much, tick, 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 tock, a sign, tick, 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 tock, that Peter has denied him, but he sets up the alarm to be the turning point that gets rid of Peter Simon. And could it be that when you find yourself in a problem, it's actually the rooster crowing. That you have roosters in your life, and I have roosters in my life. And every now and then we fall into a place where we hear the rooster crowing. And we hear and we understand that the rooster crowing is not so that God wants to expose your deficiency. He's not causing the rooster to crow in your life for you to lose the job and not be able to pay your bills. But he causes the rooster to crow and for you to lose your job so that he can get rid of your Simon. Because if you know anything about Peter... This is not the end of Peter's story. I feel God today. This is not the end of Peter's story. God is not, Jesus is not writing Peter's obituary, but he is writing a new chapter in Peter's life. Because it's at this moment that Peter realizes that he can't do it by himself. It's at this moment that Peter realizes that he can't walk on water without Jesus. It's at this moment he realizes that he really doesn't have the faith that he needs to be a follower of Jesus. And maybe the hell you're going through is not to expose the errors of your life, but it's to show you that that you still have stuff to get rid of. And the only way, Shama, the only way you can be a true follower of Christ is you got to get rid of your Simon. You got to get rid of your fear. You got to get rid of the thing that's holding you back from being a follower. Because if you know the end of Peter's story, and if you read the book of Acts, the same Peter that was afraid of a girl, the same Peter that was afraid of a few men, He's able to stand up in front of thousands on the biggest ceremony day in the region. And he's able to preach a message where 3,000 folk, over 3,000 folk are saved. If you know anything about Peter, him and John go up to the temple at the hour of prayer and they find a man that is lame outside of the gate beautiful and then he looks at Peter and John and he says give me money and Peter and John say silver and gold have I none but what I have I give it unto you 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You see how his Simon is gone now? You see how his Simon is gone? And so can you hear the rooster crying in your heart? Can you hear the rooster crowing in your thoughts? Can you see how God is setting up the timing of your life? He doesn't want you to be afraid because the Bible says, I will not be afraid for the terror by night. I wish I had a witness today. Nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. Why? Because a thousand shall fall at my side. I feel God, Shamande, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near unto you. And you've got to know who you are, and you've got to say, Simon, you can't walk with me here. Simon, Simon, you've got to go because I hear the rooster crowing. I can hear the rooster crowing and this is my turning point. This Sunday is my turning point. This Sunday is where I draw the line. This Sunday, Shama, is where I'm no longer depressed. This Sunday is where I no longer listen to Simon anymore. Do I have anybody in the building today that believes that the rooster is crowing in your life and God is not causing the rooster to crow to kill you, but he's causing the rooster to grow to make you stronger his strength is your portion he doesn't want you to be weak because when you're weak he is strong does anybody believe the word of God today if the word is for you you ought to give God a praise all over the building Peter raises Dorcas back to life Peter takes the gospel to the Gentiles and goes to Cornelius's house the same Peter that heard the crowing of the rooster is the same Peter that is powerful enough to write an epistle in our Bible he couldn't write it as Simon he had to write it as Peter. And I declare unto somebody today, your Simon season is over. I declare it in your life, your Simon season is over. Because the rooster is crowing. And you have just stepped into the supernatural timing of God. And the rooster is crowing in your life and you can't afford to go back to Simon. You can't afford to retreat. Because can you hear in your spirit? Let go of Simon. Everyone stand. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.